The views and opinions of the guests of the Me US podcast do not represent the views and opinions of Consumers Energy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me You Us, a well being podcast. It's another well being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, my guest is Mike Clever. He's a general foreman with the Underground Electric Lines Department here at Consumers Energy. So, Mike, if you'd introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Yeah, like you said, my name's Mike Clever uh, with the newly formed Electric Underground Group. Uh, Previously, not too long ago, I was a line worker in charge in electric distribution. Um, Started out in the company as a journeyman lineman, came from the, the Detroit area. Uh, before that, actually trimmed trees for the contractors for this company. So, uh, been here actually for the company for 21 years now. Ten more to go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting down, kind of. But uh, having fun, enjoying all the opportunities, different things that uh, come with working with, with a utility. So, yeah, it's a new group, kind of exciting. Well, in, when we were talking earlier, you said general foreman, and that's a new term to me. Mm-hmm. I've been here for about 28 years, so we've, we're pretty right. close in the amount of time we've had here. Uh, what's the difference between a general foreman and a line worker in charge? So the general foreman so far with the uh, Electric Underground Group, it's basically a line worker in charge in the distribution group, um, sort of. The only difference is, is I'm going to run up to, I think it's three five-man crews, um, maybe not quite as much hands-on as an in-charge is going to be um, because I do have three, up to, up to three in-charges working with me. I, uh, some people say, oh, you know, you run three crews. No, I help three crews, so, or up to three crews. So do a lot of, you know, explaining how the electric works and showing them and, and uh, like we talked earlier, the a lot of these are gas guys, so the digging part they've got down. <laughs> I don't. They don't even. Most of the time they don't even let me grab a shovel. But uh, you know, just teaching them the electric and and stuff like that, and answering questions, maybe letting them know what they need uh, for certain jobs because it's it's a new group. But we're now we're starting to get into a little bit bigger jobs, a little bit more thinking, and with with switching orders, underground switching orders, and stuff like that, and and uh, replacing wire. So yeah, uh, basically just answer a lot of questions is what I do. <laughs> well, and that's got to be a change for you because I know in the electric lines group, um, that's a lot of hands-on. There's a lot of action. There's always stuff going on. Is yes. that a difficult transition for you? It is. I uh, thought I, you know, I wanted to get out of that being called all the time and, and different things like that with the storms and on call and stuff. And it is pretty, it can be pretty physical, the jobs. Uh, especially with the storms we had, seem to have lately. But, um, yeah, coming to this group, um, it's a lot easier, maybe too easy at times. So, But it's new, like I said, so the jobs are getting a little bit more um, involved, so that helps. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 physically it's a lot different. You know? <laughs> so. yep. Yeah, what is it they always say, be careful of what you ask for because you'll get it? Right, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Well, good. It sounds like you're happy in what you're doing, and I'll be, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I'd like to hear more as this group uh, begins to kind of mm-hmm. set their norms and uh, right. 
you know, becomes a robust group. I remember uh, back in the day on the gas side with the EIRP group, which mm-hmm. is now the gas construction mm-hmm. group, very similar to to what you're saying here. They just kind of started out figuring out what it is they were going to do, and now they're uh, full speed ahead. Yep, exactly. Yeah. In fact, you probably you get a lot of people from your group out of that old uh, yes. EIRP group. Yep, and I had no experience with that group before, and the guys are great, and they they tell me stories, and it goes right along with what you said. You know, it's 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 actually pretty similar. I think for them, similar. So it's just wired instead of pipe, you know. Yep, absolutely. So at the end of the day, uh, what do you like to do when you're not here? Oh, what do I like to do when I'm not here? Well, we have a small farm. Um, I don't know if I like working on that as much as I have to work on it, but no, I, I enjoy that. We've we've had horses in the past, still have one, the daughters, but uh, we've got cows and things like that, and then we, we're... We like to vacation a lot, like just camping and stuff. I'm a Michigander at heart. I was raised in this state. I wasn't born here, but I was raised here, and I just love this state. And the wife kind of gets on me because she wants to go to the Grand Canyon and all that. I'm like, there's still places in Michigan I haven't seen, you know. But now we do a lot of camping, a uh, little hunting, a little fishing, ATVs, snowmobiles, a lot of outdoors. I don't like to be inside, you know. I'm not claustrophobic, but I just love to be outside. So yeah. being out in that fresh air. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from Michigan myself, born and raised here. I spent about 10 years away when I was in the military, but uh, came right back as soon as I got out. And right. uh, someone was complaining about the weather the other day. And I remember going camping on Memorial Day. This is probably 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and my tent was frozen shut. It, it rained a little bit and right. then it was like 30 degrees. Yeah. And uh, we packed everything up, got in the car and went home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not need the great outdoors on that weekend, but uh, I remember that happening. And yeah. I remember camping on Memorial Day when it's like 100 degrees. So. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's that way more now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, just 20 years ago, Memorial Day was always cold and rainy. But now you can get, I mean, look at, look at this week. Oh, yeah. We're not even to Memorial Day yet. And it's already <laughs> almost, it's going to be 90 tomorrow, maybe almost, or almost today. But. Yeah, it's been absolutely beautiful. In fact, uh, I actually got out in the yard and worked this weekend for the first time yeah. uh, this season. So that was that was an exciting experience. So um, we are in the month of May, and we are coming up. Um, as, as a matter of fact, when uh, this podcast airs, we will be at the two-year anniversary of the uh, dam break mm-hmm. here in Midland. So for the audience, you're not seeing us. We're in the Midland Service Center, a place I haven't been in a couple of years, so it's nice to be back here. Uh, but I remember when that happened, and you know, I was looking for people who had experienced that. And mm-hmm. what I heard, Mike, was like you were one of the first people on the scene after the, the dam broke. And uh, can you kind of walk me through that day and and what happened, like leading up to uh, responding to that? Yeah. So actually, I was there before it broke. I was on call for that weekend and I don't know if you know how that works but when you take on call on the weekend Monday through Friday you're off except for your phone you know they can call you but so I was actually off and I went into town I live in Sanford just outside of town but it's considered Sanford and to get something from the local hardware there and uh, we had some crews in there that were prepping for Sanford floods every spring that's Mm -hmm. just a given and uh, in fact, in 2017, I thought was gonna was the worst one. We lost roads and all that. No, no dam failure. But so I was in town. The, the guys were prepping. They were the the sub there, right at the substation or at the uh, dam. It always floods, so they were going to reroute to a temporary uh, mobile sub outside of town. Which was it's kind of ironic because that's what they were going to build a permanent one there, and they were starting. They had the pad. 
down and everything. So anyways, um, I stopped and was talking with the crews because they were waiting for dispatch to do something. And, and then uh, I ended up going home, and I was in the workshop. I, there's air quotes. I know we're not on camera. So I called it a workshop. It's got two lazy boys and a TV and a beer fridge. But anyways, I'm sitting there, and over the, the TV came this alert. that, uh, And we had been getting alerts for, I think, two days before that of just possible flooding should seek higher ground kind of an urgent message but not real urgent and then all of a sudden this message i'm sitting there like a half hour after i left the guys i know there in town this message comes across uh damn failure eminent or something like that and you know seek higher ground immediately evacuate like everybody in sanford and i'm like wow i wonder if those guys realize you know and and uh so um they were actually there when it broke. I don't know if they've seen it, but I was I was at home when it broke. But, uh, yeah, I was trying to call them. I actually I called dispatch, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, because they were right there. Right. But luckily the firemen that were there in town knew it was, they got word that Wixom broke. And uh, my friend who's actually working with me in this new electric underground group, we worked together for quite a while. Um, I was calling him, calling him, and he of course, couldn't answer, but he told me, he said by the time they got to the other side of town, the water had, and I, we're talking half a mile or more, the water was like almost to the grocery store, which is, you know, the other side of town. That's high ground. You wouldn't think about you know, It's never flooded that high. Right. But yeah, they got out of town. He called He called me finally. I'm like, man, I, I didn't know if you guys got washed away or whatever. But then, uh, so I got called in. So they call a storm. I got called in. And, and I actually didn't get to see town until four days after. Okay. So the water was, the water was complete. Yeah, it was completely down. And, uh, but if it was four minutes or four days after, it still looked the same. I mean, it just, it was, when I pulled up, I pulled up in my bucket truck because they wanted me to look at a pole that the wire was still down in the river and they didn't know what they were going to do with it. And that was the second hardest feeling I ever had, you know, when I seen that because, you, you pull up expecting to see this town and I could see all, all the way across like places I've never seen before in that spot. So it was pretty, uh, shocking. I, I, I mean, you go on storms when you're in an electric group and see a lot of devastation, but when it's that magnitude and then it's your own town, you know, we, we actually, we have two children, but our son actually passed away in 2012 of a rare, disorder that um we had uh, fought so anyways um that was the worst day of my life so that believe it or not was probably the second second worst day of my life i couldn't believe it i mean i i did i, I i'll admit it i broke down a little bit mm -hmm. but yeah and then uh you see people that lost everything coming out and they're more worried about other people that lost everything and so that just I don't know, just flip the switch and you just go and you help and you do what you can do, you know. Well, people so. always amaze me uh, because I have uh, responded to emergencies mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the past. And you're absolutely right. Like, you would expect people who have lost everything to really not be friendly or just to be upset. But they're most of the time, they're like, how can I help my neighbor? Or, how can I help you? I, I right. saw that a lot, too. Did you see that when you were there? So one of the best examples I got of that, and it was, to me, it was probably seemed kind of small at the time to, to most people, but we're, we actually 
uh, us, Claire and uh, Elma crews build a new line, a mile of line in two, two days, two and a half days, three days, something like that to get, because we lost the west side of the lake because of that and the, 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 the feed to that. So these people were out for, actually it was four days. And uh, now that I remember. And um, anyways, Sanford Hardware is a staple of the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy there is great. The owner, his family, all the employees. It's just, you know, all the small, small. Right. You walk in, they know who you are. They usually they, know what you're looking for before you even Right, know. and then they tell you how to use it or do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I mean, I yeah. learned most of my remodeling skills came from a hardware store, <laughs> and I never worked at one. But, uh, yeah, so he lost everything. I mean, the store was just devastated. And... He actually lived on the road that we were building that line on, and um, we're we're working, you know. And I I didn't lose my, you know, we were five miles out of town, you know, and so right. we didn't lose anything, and and uh, we're there working, and you know, you kind of you feel guilty a little bit because we are getting paid. I mean, we're doing a job, but you, you know, obviously there's more. I don't know if incentive is the right word, uh, but there's kind of an urgency, and you it just everybody, you could tell just everybody wanted to do their job the best they could do. And we're watching the owner and his workers drive by us with load after load of muddy, swamped, you know, lawnmowers. And, and I remember one load was all uh, ladders and tools and all the stuff that was in the store. Mm-hmm. And... He's just going back and forth, you know, hauling it all to his house, apparently, to sort through it, whatever. And after about the second day, he comes flying by on a sky track. I don't know. They were lifting stuff with it or whatever. Hits the brakes, and one of the, my uh, fellow employees, co-worker, he was kind of standing closer to the road, and he says something to him. He turns around, and they talk. They had a little exchange. And then, vroom, off he goes, you know. So I'm like, oh, he must be mad. Something, you know, the guys, I mean, he just lost everything. Now we're in front of his yard, tearing his yard all up, getting, you know, trying to get his power through. So I went up and I said, uh, what do you have to say? And he goes, he asked me if we needed anything. And uh, I just, I'm sorry. It's okay. Take your time. It's, that's tough. So here the guy loses everything, right? Family store. And, uh. Like I said, we didn't lose anything. We're getting paid. And uh, he told him, he said, you need anything, I live right there. And you come down and you see me. So that was uh, that was the beginning of it. I see there was a lot more examples. I mean, we had a, a, a tree service from Florida come up and turned into a boat rescuing company. <laughs> <laughs> really? You know, and he... He told me his dad ran his company, the, the, the books, and he said, man, my dad's calling me every day telling me, get back down here. We're going to lose this company. But he said, I don't care. And uh, he had specialized equipment for tree work that ended up, it just so happened, somebody asked him, hey, you think you can get my boat with that? And uh, I ended up helping him for most of the summer. Mm-hmm. And he told me if their insurance wouldn't cover it, he can't tell them no. So he did a lot of, a lot of stuff for free. And uh, never even bad an eye. Well, Mike, so. and I want to go back to something you said, too, a couple of times, right? You were out there. When these things happen, we're out there, and we're, we're getting paid. We're earning a living. It's part mm-hmm. of our, our job. But one thing I've noticed my entire career here um, is that almost to the person, the people I've worked with, yes, this is a great company to work for. The benefits are good. The pay is amazing. Mm-hmm. 
But I haven't really talked to people who do that kind of work because of the pay. They do that kind of work because they really want to serve the customer. They want to right. help their communities out. And that's what I hear in your voice when we're talking about this. Like you, you almost feel embarrassed that you're exactly. collecting a paycheck for doing exactly. what you do. Right, right. And, you know, I enjoyed that job. But when things like that happen, you don't you don't say that. You don't really you, – you don't want to think that, right? I, I enjoy I – enjoy fixing other people's hardships or disasters or right. it doesn't seem right to say that. But I think it's when you have the good days and all that, you enjoy it then. And that just helps you for when the bad days come, you know, or when the trouble, when the hardships or the, the harder jobs or the storms or whatever, you know? So, yeah. That yeah, was a pretty, uh, pretty amazing is I think the only word I can think of time. Um, because you get to do what you're really good at, you really get tested, mm-hmm. but you also know that at the end of the day, it's you're helping people. And this is one of the few uh, places as well that you get to almost see the instant result of what you do. When you talk about putting in two miles of, of line in a very short period of time, mm-hmm. I mean, can you kind of talk the audience through what that's like? Because usually that's a longer job right we usually oh, have a little bit more gosh, time yes. to get that kind of stuff done yeah so you have i mean you obviously have engineering needs time to draw up the job and then you know they got to go out or somebody goes out and and gets the right-of-ways and because this was there was a, a existing line actually two different existing lines coming from the north and the south this was a north south road and but they didn't meet and they were you know smaller pole smaller wire they weren't going to handle the load and all that so and it was off the road further so the whole idea was they were going to, you know, before this dam failure, their plan was just to build a new three-phase line right next to the road, which required taking out taking out a lot of big trees, getting, you know, right away, the changes right away, I guess. I You know, I don't understand quite that aspect of the job, but a lot of planning goes into that. And I think when the dams failed, they had the stakes in the ground and the mist digs done and all that and the trees marked. But that was it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so next thing you know, we're trying to get every tree crew, you know, working <laughs> that the company can afford. Because there was other damage, right? I mean, this, yeah. you know, Wixom failed. And, and plus there was, it's May, so storm season. I mean, you know, when we weren't doing things to get that going, we were uh, working storms, you know. But um, that was that was pretty intense. That was, I mean, we had every available tree crew out there and we had our crews i mean there was our crews were out there doing what they had to do i mean you know do we normally trim trees on a basis on every, a daily basis mm, maybe light trimming but we, we had to get this done and the thing that amazes me is how well it went from just getting every i mean it just you know i don't want to jinx other jobs but it just nothing could go wrong at that time it was weird like if we needed something we got it. You know, there was just always a solution to every little thing that came up. You know, and I think a, a lot of that is because, like I said, when something like that happens, everybody wants to do their best and give their best, you know. So, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. Well, in, in, as we're sitting here today, uh, today is actually uh, Consumers Energy's Memorial Day where we honor right. our, our fallen coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I can't help but think we did all of that work. And we did it safely. Yes. Like, I don't think anybody was injured. There was no fatality. I None. mean, you got, it was like clockwork. You guys yeah. just, 
Not only did you do what you had to do, but you did it safely. So I think, you know, if you, if, if, and, you know, we've been here long enough, so, you know, safety has been a big thing with this company and the union. And the one thing you hear from both sides is it's usually complacency or, you know, the, oh, it's the, you know, the everyday humdrum of the job. That's what gets you, right? And so when something like this happens, everybody is just focused. You know, it's, I, I don't know. That's hard to explain. You, you wish you could work like that every day, but I think, you know, you would have to retire a lot sooner. <laughs> it, would, it would probably wear you out. Yeah, like. it might wear out a little faster, but... Um, that was because we all talked about that a lot, or a few of us talked about that. It was like, why is this? Why why are we building in a mile of line, three phase line in four days? And there, it's it, you know, we're lucky if we can do it in a year, you know, from day one of planning. And mm-hmm. and there's always all these problems. It's just and it, it's just everybody's so focused. Everybody's on the same page. There's no drama. There's no, you know, we got a job to do. Let's do it. You know, and maybe some of it is because you do feel like you said embarrassed or whatever that you know we're. We didn't lose anything. We're here making money or whatever, you know, and you just want to get it done and get out of there. And and a lot of it, too, it, like for people that, for employees or, or, or even the people that are affected, the quicker you can get it fixed, you think, oh, the quicker it's going to be out of your memory, which that's not true. But it's just that feeling, you know, you just right. want to get it done and get it over with. Right. But uh, you just, I don't know, you, just, you were just so aware, you know, every day, focused. It, you know, we did... Our everyday thing, our, our our tailboards, everything was a little more serious, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, we just yeah, that that was that was the amazing part is to hear that there was no injuries or the, that I know of, and obviously no fatalities, even in the dam failure, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty proud of that, you know. Well, so to be proud of, you know, I got to ask, what was it like to go home at night after working? however many hours on that. I mean, that's your sole focus. And now you're going to go home and try and eat something maybe, try and go to bed. What was that like to go home at night? For me or my wife? <laughs> so, so let's talk about both of those. Mike, because I think there's a, yeah. an important discussion to be had yeah, here. Right. Um, you know, I at first when we were, you know, trying to get everybody back on, when it, when it, when it came to work, I, I, I could turn it off pretty good. It, it was more of a recovery kind of thing because you're, you're sore and I, you can't just, I, I can't just run home and go to bed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you would eat a little bit, which isn't the, the best thing to do, but you know, cause you got, you should get, get to bed and all that. But, uh, I would, me personally, I would go home and just sit for 20 minutes, half hour, maybe turn on the news. Cause, um, you know, we had a lot of things going on at right. that time. <laughs> it was kind so, of busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything can't happen at once, but. Um, I, yeah, normally I can turn it off, but I had to kind of detune a little bit, kind of recover. Um, and then, you know, the days that we did have off, I was volunteering. I was probably working 18, 20 hours for that. And that, that can get, that, that was pretty worrying. Cause then you're right there. I mean, day after day going to either a destroyed house or a place where there is no more house, you know, and you're seeing that up close. I mean, that was, a little, that was actually a little harder, you know, but. Yeah, for the wife, mm. that uh, I, I don't want to speak for her, but I, I'm sure she went through all of it too. Yeah, you know, because you do have you do got to have a release, right? So she heard about everything I went through, and she could probably go out there and build that same line <laughs> in three days. <laughs> yeah, she could probably do it three days, but uh, maybe rescue four boats a day instead of two or three. But right, yeah. Um, 
uh, it's good to have somebody at home know that, I mean, you know, I've been doing this for almost 25 years now, but so she's kind of used to it, but, uh, it's, I think a lot, that's what helped me a lot is to have somebody to talk to. And, mm -hmm. and uh, so it wasn't too, it was actually when we, like the last job that we had a month later or whatever that had something to do with that failure. It was, it was like I could breathe after that. Like I could take a breath and just, you know what I mean? It just, yeah. I, you, something that big, you just kind of, I don't know. That's all I, I, I got up, I worked. I went to bed. I got up. I worked. That's all you're thinking about that whole time. And then when it was done, it was like, wow, you know, what well, did we just do? And that, and that and that brings up another thought that I have. So you know, I um, as you know or may not know, I'm a veteran. Hmm. I spent 21 yep. years in the military. I did a, a combat tour, and uh, my whole time in leadership here, I would always tell my folks, hey. What you did, what you do here, and what I did in the military were different jobs, mm -hmm. but they they had a common enemy, yeah. and that was complacency and, and injury and death, and all those things can happen mm -hmm. if we don't do our jobs right, whether you're in combat or whether you're doing um, line work. And um, I think that what a lot of people saw uh, with this dam break was very similar to what we saw in combat. And for me, I was fine. Like the whole time I was doing it, I was. I was doing it right. I'm, I'm in the right. middle of it. But when I came home and I was able to actually take that breath, which felt great. Yeah. The next thing was I started dealing with what you had been through. Exactly. Yep. Did you experience that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, every time I drive through town, I experience. That. I mean, it's right. It's, it's still there. Right. So, um, but yeah, you, uh, you do. And it's, you need a you need somebody to talk to or a vent of some you know of something. I mean, something to I don't know. It's it's hard it's hard to explain you know. But you definitely can't deal with it on your own, right? You know, there's no way. Yeah. Well, and it's nice that you have someone at home that you can mm -hmm. that you can talk to. I had this a very similar situation. My right. my wife is a good sounding board. We're we're good for each other when yeah. it comes to those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, another question I have for you, kind of on a, a, a different level, is. Um, is the hardware store open again? Like, did he go back and what happened? So with him? he opened, he, they rebuilt toward the, uh, so he actually owned, you know, if you imagine a, a small town, it wasn't a really big small town, but you know how you get the old main street with all the buildings attached mm -hmm. and all that. He owned kind of a strip of those and the main part of the hardware was in the middle and that had to be demoed. And so they built a new one and they had the grand opening last year and we went, of course, they had a celebration and everything and. Um, but yeah, he's right back at it. Like, uh, you know, I wouldn't say like nothing happened, but, um, it's a, he's, they're a good example of what that town is, you know, what they went through and how they came out of it. So, cause it, you know, there's not a lot in that town really to begin with, or there right. wasn't, and now there's even less. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Nope, he's back open, right back at it, like uh, nothing's changed, same people in there, and just a, a newer, you know, it is a nice store, it's a hard way to have to rebuild your store, but yeah, no, they're great, so. Well, that's, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. You know, the other question I have is, did this change your perspective on anything? I know that uh, it's very easy to sit at home and we're comfortable and we have all of our stuff, whatever our stuff is, or we do mm -hmm. the things that we enjoy doing, and um, you know, to go through that day after day and see people who now do not have that, did that change how you looked at things? Yeah. So 
It did. I mean, we've like I said, we've been through tragedy before, but um, you know, on this level, it just things can change fast, and that that was just that was a, that was a big uh, learning experience for me. How, how that community can go from this nice, close, tight knit community and um, in a blink of an eye be totally devastated like that but then to see them all come together because obviously with the, the the political climate and the the covid at the time there was you know everybody when this happened everybody was an american was a sanford president was a human being that's it that was all it was didn't matter what your political or religious beliefs were were you needed help you got it you know, and it, it just uh, the resilient resiliency of humans mm-hmm. that really it gave me hope because with the things going on before that and some of it after, you know, it can be kind of wearing on you and things that are going on in public and stuff. And to see that kind of uh, restores your faith in humanity a little bit. Yeah. So let's watch people put their their uh Feelings and thoughts and everything else aside, and just right. help one another. That's yep. that's got to be an incredible thing to witness. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. I mean, you hate to have to go through that, but right. You know, you wish you could. You like we were talking earlier about. Uh, you know, you hear every time somebody goes on a storm, and, or anytime somebody says something even amazing. You know, words can't describe. Words can't describe, and. You think, yeah, you know, they really don't. I mean, <laughs> when people say that, I'm like trying to get what they're saying. You're like, oh, yeah, it sounds really cool. And, man, when that happens, when the tragedy happens and when the recovery happens, you wish people wouldn't have to go through that, but you wish somehow what you learned or what you felt you could just, oh, can I just convey that or get that to you or get that in your head so you you understand, you know. I think the world would be a better place, but I, I hate to have to see people go through you know, right. Like, could we get like there without having to destroy without, it? Yeah, right. right. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. It's, it's interesting. I don't know about other countries, but I know at least here in our country, when you see tragedies that happen like mm-hmm. that, and we've had a few in our country over mm-hmm. our, you know, couple hundred year history. Yeah. Um, it, it is always amazing how people will come together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we always find a way apart at some point. Yeah. But, but we do come back together and help one another out when those things happen, at least. That's been my experience in my limited time here on Earth. Yeah, yeah, I can remember when nine uh, eleven happened. I mean, I had just hired in, was trying to sell my house in Detroit, and to see that how everybody came together like that, you know. And mm-hmm. Again, though, you know, you don't want to have to go through that tragedy. To I just wish people could learn that without that and keep that. Like you yes. said, don't spread back apart, but at least we keep coming back together. We got to at least do that, you know. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Well, Mike, I do appreciate you coming in from the field and talking with me today. Yeah, no we are getting close to the end of the podcast, mm-hmm. but I want to give you the opportunity uh, to leave a message with the audience. So, what would you like the audience to take away from our conversation today? Oh, I think the main thing is, uh, you know, when no matter what you're going through, and it's going to sound cliche, but you can get through it. Right, I mean, I I seen it. Like we talked about the the hard hardware store owner, and you just but you got to ask for that help too. You know, you can't be afraid to ask for help. And I think even for the people that are the first responders out there, the people that deal with uh, 
the aftermath, maybe just, you know, repairing the electric lines or doing the gas lines and people that maybe it didn't affect uh, personally, it, it can. It can weigh on you, you know. And so you do, you know, just even if you don't think you need help, start just talk to somebody about it. You know, share your experience. Maybe you'll realize, hey, you know, that kind of affected me a little more than I thought, you know. And just don't be afraid to ask for help, you know. Um, get that conversation started. Get some help, you know, dealing with that because you can't hold it in. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't work. It doesn't end up, you know, nothing good comes out of that. But it we we can come together. It happens. I've seen it. So witnessed it now, not just on TV, you know. So um, if something bad happens, it's, you know, you're alive. We're alive. Nobody got hurt there. We'll deal with the material losses, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that. And I um, can't uh, emphasize enough uh, what you said there about getting help. You know, if you... If you break your leg, you go to the doctor and you get some help right. for it, right? and there's no shame in that. And it's the exactly. same if you're if you witness something or something happens to you and it's affecting you uh, in your mental health. It's the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. Go go talk with someone, and fortunately, um, you have that that person at home that you can talk to, and, right. and, you, and you, clearly, you're not afraid to say raise your hand and say, "Hey, I need some help." So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Again, thanks for taking time out to, to talk today. I know the audience is, is going to uh, learn a lot from this. Um, you know, it, it happened two years ago, and it's very easy to forget these things. And so I appreciate you uh, uh, allowing us to kind of explore that again. No problem. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you to the audience for listening in today. The Me, You, Us podcast is proudly sponsored by Consumers Energy, leaving Michigan better than we found it. Remember, you can find the Me, You, Us podcast on all major podcasting platforms. So be sure to go out, find us, and subscribe. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please contact the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. If you are a veteran or know a veteran who is in crisis, you can call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 for the Veterans Crisis Line. And remember to tune in every Wednesday as we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.